Since this week, I had the expert of experts on sales and CPMs and ad insertion and podcast monetization, then I could not let her go without breaking it all down for us. So if you've ever needed the one-two on how to work with brands, what they're looking for, how to leverage your niche to monetize, and all the definitions around CPMs, dynamic ads, and more, then this one's for you. Here is Allison Marino, the founder of podcast ad agency, Lipstick and Vinyl, with all the info. So let's switch gears and talk a little bit about the nitty gritty of ad sales. So it's, it's such a mystery to so many people. So I want to break it down a little bit. Can you just give us a rundown of how it works in the podcast space? Yes. Advertisers are buying audience. That's plain and simple. That can mean they want to buy a ton of ears, a ton of listeners, or it can mean they want to buy very specific listeners. So that's the very basic part of advertising in podcasts or in anywhere. But I think especially in podcasts, it can be big or small and it can both work. Okay, great. That That's that's helpful to think of it that way as a creator because it's like, okay, you really have to know what your content is then, right? You have to know what you're creating and who it's for. And then you'll have an understanding of what a brand might, what kind of brand might show up and what kind of brand you as a creator might want to show up. So it kind of extends, I think, in all of those directions. I I like the simplification of that. Can you tell us what the industry standard is? Like we, if I tell people all the time, go Google CPM model, because Mm -hmm. it's easier for them to read it than me to rattle off a bunch of equations to them, but we're going to do that now. So Sure. Also, go Google CPM model. But if you could tell them the breakdown <laughs> of you, what that means, yeah, yeah, a good a good CPM calculator is Clicks. I think it's .net. But if you Google CPM calculator, it's like the first thing that comes up. C L I C K Z. Yeah. So a cost per thousand, cost per mile, cost per thousand is the cost that it takes to reach one thousand people. This is in TV. This is in digital banners. This is in outdoor billboards, you name it, cost to reach a thousand people. In podcasts, the average cost per thousand is $25. So you pay $25,000 to reach 1,000 people. So this is something to keep in mind. The CPM model and, you know, most podcast advertising agencies are looking to pretty much just factor in that. That's the basic, like how many people do you have? This is how much we're going to pay. So if I am HelloFresh, I want to pay, a tw- say they want to pay a $20 CPM to reach 1,000 people. Well, you can easily figure out how much to price your podcast based on how many people you have listening. So the very easy math is if you have 1,000 listeners, one ad will cost you $20 at a $20 CPM. So that's often disappointing to people, but keep in mind, there are some other ways you can make your show enticing to advertisers if your audience is not huge. I think advertiser interest really starts to happen around 10 and then 20,000 listens a weekly episode. That's when you'll start to get noticed on the merits of audience, but that's, those are big numbers. And so what you can do to help advertisers 
be really interested in your podcast is have a very specifically defined listener. So iHeart is working now with a, a, a network called the Meat Eater Podcast Network. And this is a good example because the shows are about fishing and hunting and guns and deer and all things hunting. So so advertisers that make, you know, trailers and guns and outdoor wear and ice chests and knives and all those things like that's a really specific audience that they're thrilled to learn that this meat eater podcast network exists because they're like, ah, you found our customer. We want to use you to talk to them. There's nobody else that so exactly talks to our customer. So that's a really, I think, straightforward example where if one of their podcasts had 5,000 listeners, even at a huge company like iHeart, if somebody who makes axes or whatever, they're going to be interested in that podcast. It doesn't have to have a million listeners because they're reaching wow. their target. Yeah. So that's one thing. So you can be really, really you know, clear about who you reach. And sometimes with more creative projects that are like storytelling or more experimental, that might be a little bit more difficult. But if you can tell a story about who your customer is, psychographically, whatever, like it's a, a woman who's in her 20s and she's really, you know, she lives in a smaller town and she likes to read these books. So these are her favorite authors, whatever. You can start to paint a picture and that's what's really important. So, so knowing who your listener is is one thing and be able to tell that story really clearly because that's what brands are looking for. Like, how can you help me reach my customer? So the other thing that you can do is to really form a strong bond with your listeners because they're buying ears. Yes, they're buying audience, but they're also buying influence. So if you have like and you can find out what your influence is, too, like if you take a listener survey, if you ask people to comment and give you feedback on your episode, if you engage people and they're responding to you that's that's a good measure of engagement like it's just you know it doesn't have to be like a number in a spreadsheet that spit out from a platform it's just you know you have a sense for if your audience is really really engaged so by doing everything you can to keep your audience engaged and then you know only approaching advertisers who are products that you would use products you think your listeners would like maybe it's a reading light for that girl who really likes books who lives in Oregon or whatever I don't know but, you know, then you can you can tell a story to an advertiser that's really specific to them and you don't have to have a huge audience. And so maybe when it's something very specific and the story really works, you say, you know, my listeners are very, very engaged whenever we have like a clubhouse or whenever we have like in our Facebook group, like, you know, they buy each other birthday presents or they're also, you know, they're friends with each other. That sort of engagement is really important because what an advertiser is measuring is sad to say it if you're an artist, but like how many widgets did I sell? I paid this much and I sold X amount of widgets. I needed to sell more widgets to make this campaign successful. You're really helping them mm. sell the widgets. And that's not a bad thing. That's how you get to create more content. It's not a bad thing. It's commerce yeah. and it's just how it works and you're still a creator. But so just be really, um, you know, you want to be an influence with your audience because when you say, hey, I love this lip gloss. I use it and it's like minty and it makes my lips feel tingly which feels cool and it's really shiny it doesn't come off of my coffee cup like if you could be real about it people are going to do what you say because they trust you and they're going to buy the product and that's what advertisers are looking for thank you for that that's very that shines a light on so many angles for someone who because 
a lot of people that start podcasts, you know, there's there's this thing that is called pod fading or, you know, just burnout is what that means. And you, there's a moment where you're like, how do I keep this sustainable? And the goals shift to monetization and figuring out a way to keep things going so that you're not putting a lot of pressure on your listeners as well to like do patrons or support somehow. Or there's just there's lots of things you can do. But if you're interested in, in the ad sell market, I, I like that you focused on niching down and ways that people with smaller audiences can get started in monetization. And it really is about having all of that knowledge because as a content creator, yes, it's if you really understand what you're trying to create and why, then you know who you're creating for. And then that person feels like you're speaking to them, right? So that person already feels like they're looking in a mirror. So they're going to show up and want to engage with other people that are like-minded. And part of the goal as a creator often is to create that community. So that should be already going on. Then it's just figuring out, you know, now I can add this extra. If that's if that's all great and good, and that's why I'm here to begin with as a creator, now you can leverage that in a way that you can hone in. How can you hone in more is the question I want people to ask themselves yep. right now is, you know, if you're creating something awesome, you you love it, you're seeing even two people like commenting regularly or showing up, but that's, that's good news. How can you get more of that person to show up? Who are those people? If you listen to yesterday's episode with Allison, she talked about how her growth in her community was very, or her, her community became, you know, what she stood for. Essentially, they went hand in hand. You were missing content that you wanted to serve, which, you know, we talked about female voices. And then, you know, the community that you associated with and that showed up happened to be female. So it all kind of just started to work together. And that's how things grow. And then then the money can be a piece that you can add. That's the ad sales. And if brands are looking for the same thing, it sounds like a win-win, right? So niching down is is something to really, really consider versus going really, really broad. And that comes from knowing your why, knowing your purpose, knowing what you're showing up for, knowing what it means to you as a creator. And then the other stuff starts to fall into place. And I just want to really hone that in. So I, I appreciate that. And one thing I want to clarify that you mentioned when you say the how many listeners you have. So that is per per episode, right? Which is tends to be weekly. Most people have a weekly podcast. Yeah, most people have a weekly podcast. And that's for a couple of reasons. I mean, it's so that you can build, a, you know, your listeners can count on you, as you know, I have to tell you, um, you know, they know what to expect and when to expect it, they can look forward to, you know, the day that your episode drops. So for that reason, but it's also helpful in, you know, building your audience because of that consistency. But I, I still say by week, and that's a little bit old school. It's really this, this, time we're in now, it's how many um, impressions do you have each month? And so that doesn't just mean per episode, that means all of your shows together, you're on a platform, and it's measuring like, you know, listens from today's show, last week's show, six months ago show, that's fine. If whatever, you know, impressions from all those different shows that you have in a 30 day period, that's your currency. So that's what you're going to apply a $25 cost per thousand to. So it's about So it's about 30 days now. Okay. Yeah. 30 days is standard. And it's like, okay, like after 30 days is up, what have you delivered? We bought a thousand impressions. Where are we at? And that's the kind of when you're supposed to have them done by. Is it hard and fast? Not really, but you got to be close. Okay. So just to break down the math real quick to, to simplify what we just sort of went back and forth on for someone who's like, great, what? (laughs) Yeah. Because if you have a show, let's say you have 
using the the CPM model. So you have a thousand. So you've made it to a thousand a week ish. You're around there. Mm-hmm. Maybe one week it's eight hundred, but the next week is a thousand and five, and you're looking at a four week period. Let's say all of February. That's a mm-hmm. short month, but you know you guys get it. So that's what an advertiser might look at. So let's say. Just as to make it easy, they did make four thousand impressions that month, okay. and the brand wants to buy that twenty dollars spot that that we talked about earlier. Let's say so you're going to sell it at twenty five dollars. Let's say you've got four thousand okay. listeners. You're running and gunning. People are liking what you're doing, and so you've averaged for the past couple months four thousand listens a month. So I type four thousand into my calculator. You take your four thousand listeners. You hit multiply by your CPM. So I'm going to multiply 4,000 times $25 and then divide that by 1,000. This is what a CPM calculator will do. So I get $100. So that's for one ad. But if we're saying that you have 4,000, I'm showing Christina my calculator in the camera like you guys can see. So you can have, (laughs) you know, you can have four ads in a show and make $400 you sell them all out that's awesome multiply mm-hmm. your audience times a 25 dollar cost per thousand or cpm and then divide that by a thousand to get the rate for one ad okay and that ad is buying across the four episodes is that how that works well or... with dynamic insertion if you're using dynamic insertion you you sell a forecast of four thousand dollars And so you start, you know, when the campaign begins, it's probably the day a new episode drops. So let's say that's, you know, today, it's March 23rd. My 30 days is starting now. I, you know, my ad launches in today's new episode. But for the next 30 days, my ad is going to be heard in any episode in my catalog that somebody plays. So all of those Mm -hmm. contribute to your 4,000 impressions that you sold to the advertiser. If you hit that, if you if you undersold yourself and you hit that at ten days, and you stop serving that ad and um, charge a new guy for it. Oh, interesting. Okay, so dynamic ad insertion has changed the game a little bit. In yeah, in works. a really yeah, in a really positive way, definitely. So I guess that's a whole other episode. But um, yeah, if you're baking your ads into your episode, like you're not using dynamic insertion, you're literally stitching in your commercial style, or you're just reading your commercial, like in the content of your show, just totally OG and totally fine. Then you're going to have to pay attention to how many downloads does one episode get? Cause you're selling a forecast against that episode. So if your episodes range from 500 downloads to 1500 downloads, you got to come somewhere in the middle where you think you can deliver on that forecast for a per episode basis. Cause your ads only in that one episode. So, so then you would mm. just measure the downloads in that one episode. Can you tell us just a quick definition of what dynamic ad insertion is? Sure. So dynamic ad insertion is is recording a commercial, like, let me see how best to explain how it plays out. Dynamic ad insertion means that you've created a commercial that exists in its own file. It's its own MP3. And in your show file, instead of inserting that commercial in your editing software, you're going to when you upload your show file to your platform for dynamic insertion, you put little tick marks in the, you know, the timeline, the waveform of your show. And you're telling 
the platform, this is where you can insert ads, dink, dink, dink. And so that means that when the person who is serving your ads, they get to use all the impressions, like I was saying, like during a period of time. So like, whereas if I sell today's episode at 4,000 impressions, I got to hope, I got to be prepared to give 4,000 impressions in that show because that's the only place my advertiser, my advertisement is heard versus I get to make use of all my impressions by doing dynamic insertion because I've got those little tick marks in all my shows. So that's telling mm -hmm. the, you know, the hosting platform, okay, we can take ads in all these shows. So if somebody's listening, you know, somebody checks out your podcast for the first time, they're like, oh my God, I go back to the beginning or, oh my God, I really like this person. I want to go hear their interview, whatever. You're going to get credit for that listen for a current ad campaign. It's also cool because this way your old episodes won't have old ads. Like they won't have some offer that expired six months ago. They'll have a new ad because, right. yeah. So I don't think I explained what dynamic insertion is very well, but that's kind of how it plays out. It's complicated without a visual, I have to say. Yes, and yes. What a, yeah, but I think you did a great job explaining it. So when someone goes into, you have to have a platform that has dynamic ad insertion, firstly. Yeah. And if you don't have uh, a platform like that, this won't make a lot of sense. But if you do, then once you upload your show, there is a ad selection button where you're making these markings, like you said, in the waveform. And that is where the agency or the platform or the brand or whoever is doing that or yourself. I think some I think there's mm. options where you, the podcaster, uploads that MP3 ad in the back end on your platform. And then the selections you made is where that ad will get inserted in all of the shows that all of the episodes that was bought for that campaign. So I hope that summary makes some sense. Is that, am I right, Allison? It's, yeah, it's really, it's really, it's really cool too, because if you, it allows you to take ads for, say there's like a, a fair and your, your show is a local show and you want to tell everybody about, you know, the Orange County or the LA County fair that's in July, you can stop those ads whenever you want. Like, so where before, if you baked in a fair ad to your, you know, May 1st episode, it's going to be in there forever. Mm -hmm unless you go back and take right. it out and re-upload your episode versus dynamic insertion. You've got a fair ad that you want to run from May through July. Well, you could stop it when the fair is done. Oh, the people that run the fair are so happy because they're not going to be paying for all these impressions that they don't need because you can just, you know, go into the ad server or the platform. Megaphone is one. Libsyn is one. Uh, what, are, what? Simple cast. Yeah. What did you just say? A cast. A cast. Yes. Those are those, that, you know, host shows, host, show files and serve ads. Exactly. So that way you can right. stop an ad um, whenever you want to. You can also, it's really easy to like do cross promotion with your friend podcasts or with other podcast networks, because if you record a 30 or 60 second promo for your show, then you can just give it to another show and they can pump it in just like an ad and they can pop it in and take it out, you know, when they want to. And, and they can tell you, oh, we gave you 5,000 impressions. And so then you could say, OK, I'm going to give you 5,000 impressions. And you can't be that nimble with baked in ads. You just can't. So it's a really cool thing because they still sound like they're in the show because they're the host voice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Yes. Thank you for filling in that blank of why 
the function, why it functions so well, why it's, why everyone's leaning into it, why it's working and I, it it is more flexible. So yeah, great. Just from your perspective, the technology around monetization, I think is what really changed things in your crystal ball. Do you see anything else? (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, yeah, I'll tell you what's not changed since I started working in audio media in 2005. So that's like 16 years ago, whatever. Something that's not changed is that there's always going to be like the tonnage, like people wanting to sell impressions. We just need to reach all these people in all these places. And we just need, you know, to pump out as many, as big of an audience as we can. That's always going to be a part. So dynamic insertion makes that function and it makes it scalable Mm -hmm. and it allows people to really like step on the gas and flood a whole country in our case with a message. That's always going to be part of it. Then the other part of it is custom stuff. People just want to be aligned with, you know, a a product or a brand that, you know, or or people want to be aligned with a show that really speaks to the users or potential users of their product or brand. And so custom things that are really intertwined and ingrained, like, you know, making special content for a brand or, you know, or a brand is sponsoring an Mm -hmm. event that your show is part of or hosting or whatever, just because they want that association with your show's brand that's always going to be a part of it too. So that's a nice way to, when you're smaller, maybe throw the CPM model out the door. If you have 500 listeners, but they're really specific listeners, like you're selling to a knitting store in your town and your podcast is all about like how to knit, then you don't have to charge by CPM. Maybe you charge, you know, you have 500 listeners, maybe you charge $500 because it's a really concentrated audience, uh, you know, that, that they want to reach. So there's no have tos, but the norm is, yes, CPM and um, kind of tonnage and then custom stuff. Right. Um, So for someone who is just starting a podcast, do you have some advice for them? Yeah. If you want it to be a business, again, you must treat it like a business. Like I, I don't know if I speak for you, Christina, but like speaking for myself and starting Lipstick and Vinyl, I had to invest money, you know, like I had to pay for Mm -hmm. certain things, like whether it was branding stuff or sponsoring events so that my name would get out there or, you know, things like business cards or things like a website. Like you can't expect to invest nothing monetarily and have the best outcome unless you're like good at every single thing. Like you've got to, you know, if, if it's your goal to be a business, but I think either way, whether it's business or fun, just be ready for a marathon, not a sprint, you know, and it takes a lot of love and um, you've got to have a lot of love for what you're doing to create and upload and do all the things that, you know, are involved from artwork to show notes and planning and guest booking and, you know, uh, not just recording and editing, yeah. but then finding people to listen. It's a lot. So it's got to be something you love. Don't be discouraged. <laughs> yeah, it's... It is a lot, but you're right. The, the the undiscouraging part is the love piece. You really do have to love it. And mm-hmm. there has to be like solid ground under that, that purpose, that reason for starting. How do you stay connected to that? I think that's, so like advice for a seasoned podcaster, how, how do you think they might stay connected? To, uh, to being inspired. To being inspired or staying in the game or, you know, whatever, whatever that means to you. How do you, how do you keep going? I think it's really important to find a community of people that you can collaborate with or can, you know, commiserate with. Like, you know, I know that you've become friends like with Ever and the whole Outlier team. And like, 
there are so many groups yeah. of people that you can, you know, whoever you're like, it's really community is so important. And podcasting can be a very, um, you know, by nature, isolating experience. But by having others, they don't have to do exactly what you do. Maybe they do another aspect of podcasting, but to just those people keep me going when I am, you know, like pod faded myself, um, you know, from a business perspective. So yeah, just make friends and like, I mean, I can only see for myself, but like, I, you know, I follow all kinds of podcast people on Twitter. I, you know, I just kind of surround myself with it. So I feel less alone because it is isolating. So it would just be to get a community. Yes. Love that. Yes. Stay connected. This is all about connecting anyway. I mean, what, what more could, what more is it than it is connecting to ourselves, each other. And it is, it is what's going to get, get you through. So I appreciate that so much. You bet. Allison, thank you for dropping so much knowledge on this episode today. I know we went a little longer than expected. So I so, so appreciate you and your time. I so, so appreciate you too. Thank you so much for having me. Um, It was a real pleasure. Thanks for everything that you imparted to me because it's always a delight and it always makes my heart feel better. Oh, same. Thank you for listening to Be Bold Begin. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so as not to miss an episode. So the best way to ensure you get all the new episodes is by subscribing. Help us build a positive community by joining the Facebook group, also called Be Bold Begin. I'll be checking it daily to answer and acknowledge any of your questions and comments. Stay positive and safe out there.